You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Tuesday, 7 November, WeWork has filed for bankruptcy. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, chatting with Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments. The redefined results, they seem to be saying the worst is behind them, and a really strong AECI trading update. Uh, new management there doing all the right things. Uh, Greg Blend is from AfriCrest Properties. Converting offices to residential, uh, they've been doing this pretty pre-pandemic. I'm interested challenges, opportunities and the like. And then Dylan Govender from Investec for Business. More red tape for importers. I suspect this might be more about trying to get us off the grey list again. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider. Morning headlines for MoneyWeb load shedding to remain at higher levels over next five years, according to ESCOM. Improved plant performance is the only way out. Business Day, Treasury to rake in more royalties from oil and gas. Government also moves to clarify the VAT treatment of prepaid vouchers in the evolving telecom industry. Morning markets, US was green, S&P 0.2% higher, NASDAQ 0.4%. Over in the east, it is red, uh, Sydney off half a percent, Tokyo down a full percent. Commodities, all red, gold. 1980 Brent 8483 Platinum 912 Palladium 1110 dollars an ounce Rand 1835 Bitcoin 34900 cent off 1.8% in Hong Kong and top 40 uh, some 220 points to the red that is a third of a percent down at the open MoneyWeb now on the money also available on podcast. Tony and I with Wayne McCurry, uh, F&B Wealth and Investments. Wayne, always appreciate the early morning time. Redefine results yesterday. This is a giant business. I mean, 100 billion of, of, of assets that they've got, value of, of, of their buildings. It, it, it looked like not a bad number. I mean, even the office numbers, which are still perhaps worse off in terms of occupancies than before, are improving. Your take on, 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 on Redefine. No, look, it wasn't a bad set of results, as you said, Simon. And the worst is over for the property market. I mean, you're still going to sit with anything between, I suppose, 13 and 15% office vacancies. But, you know, those were approaching 20, 21% a yeah. couple of you know, two years ago. And that certainly is improving. And I know when, when, when I go into my office here, parking's full, eh? So lots of people <laughs> are going back to the office now. So it's not as though the work from home has just stayed you know four days a week one day in the office it actually is changing people are going back to the office and that's of course good for all the property companies the retail side's never been bad yeah so that that's certainly full recovery there but of course to get the share prices to run you've got to get a drop in the long bond yields and the drop in interest rate so yeah so they still got that one big hurdle to actually get over but the physical property markets vastly improved but and, and I take your point on, on share prices running but at this point I'm, I'm buying properties I mean I think yes. that the discount to Navon redefine is, is north of 40 percent I'm getting a, a decent yield I mean I can almost I can almost sit and wait I mean you know being early is, is sometimes what do they say indistinguishable from being wrong but this to yes. me feels comfortable I think so as well look in theory the net asset value the 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 is the present value of all future profits. 
Yeah. So you can just wait for that to unwind. And in theory, you should make that value back over time. And you can make it back via the distribution, as you, as you said. Yeah. And, and your point around uh, long bond rates and interest rates, that's simply because I can go and buy a 10-year government bond right now and, 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 and at a much lower risk get a good yield. And that's the competition yes. for property. Yeah. But over time, property yields should obviously go up over time. You should get some growth in your yield, whereas obviously with the long bond, you get, you get no growth. Mm-hmm. But the big attraction is the unwinding of that huge discount. Look, they should always be at a discount because yeah. it's a future value you're anticipating. But maybe 15%, 20% is the right discount, not 40 or 50. Yeah, well, and back, of course, 2017, it was a premium, which just never made yes. sense to me. AECI, a little company, David Shapiro would call it a bang-bang company. They make yeah. explosives, they make fertilizer, uh, chemicals. The first two doing, truthfully, i got to say, surprisingly strong. I suspect a lot of it's really probably strong. actually management. Yeah, look, look, they go through ups and downs, same as anyone else. Yeah. But... Uh, it was actually a very good set of results. And I mean, uh, AECI has been listed forever. It's been around for a very long time in our market. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and it, it's just, a, as I said, a management because mining is, I mean, I suppose mining is still happening. Prices are down, but they're still out there and producing. And the miners are profitable even at these reduced levels. Yeah, look, I mean, the biggest, one of the biggest reasons why we've got a government fiscal crisis at the moment yeah. is that profit. Tax revenue from mining companies is halved, but that's the bottom of the cycle. It should pick up going forward over the next two or three years. And that will, of course, be good for AECI on the explosive side. The agricultural side is doing well. That's no problem there. Yeah, yeah, agriculture is also doing well. We'll leave it there. Wayne McCurry, Senior Portfolio Manager, FMB Wealth and Investments. And that's our poll today, LinkedIn and X. Uh, AECI, that trading update. I mean, it was a really good trading update. Uh, do you hold the stock? Is it one? I mean, I, I truthfully haven't really looked, had a deep look at it in a long time until yesterday. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and X. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with uh, Greg Blend. He's director at uh, AfriCrest Properties. Greg, appreciate the early morning time. We were just talking uh, uh, REITs listed properties, particularly the office space, uh, vacancies improving, but still at uh, massive levels. You and your team are, are doing conversions, office to, 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 to residential. And if I understand correctly, this is not something you started in the pandemic. It actually goes back five or six years. Yes, Simon. Uh, we started this in about 2016. We had a office building that a small school occupied and they outgrew the space and we couldn't we we, we own it we own a portfolio an office portfolio as well and we couldn't find a tenant for the school so we decided to try converting it to residential and the demand was just completely overwhelming nothing like we saw in the commercial space so we knew we had um struck a wicket and from there we we started buying up old office buildings um in in decent areas located quite close to or in um, secondary CBDs and converting them to apartments. 
And I take your point around it, it can't just be any. It needs to be the right building in the right place. I imagine there's also perhaps some structural element to it just because, you know, office is so different to, 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 to residential. You've got to be clever with your buildings. Exactly. So, you know, many people say the whole Stanton will be converted into <laughs> apartments, but that can't happen. The building needs to have the right shape. Um, they need to be narrow floor plates so all the apartments can have windows. Mm. They need to have load-bearing capacity because apartments are much heavier. The zoning needs to be right. And, of course, the price needs to be right. And then I mean, what are your, your your major challenges, assuming you're finding the buildings? I mean, is there skills challenges? Is there? I mean, I, I've heard coming out of the U.S., I mean, at points there's been literally shortages of nails during the pandemic. What sort of challenges do you do, do you find in this space? Besides for a couple instances of um, intimidation from construction mafia no no mm. real challenges in the construction space we work with excellent professionals um and yeah i, I can't say we face any of those challenges and you're doing multi-family uh, housing which i understand is apartments and and, and you're in, in in the note you sent by my producer you, you you're saying this really is a, a a viable asset class and and fairly fundamentally overlooked in many ex- experiences yeah, I think institutional investors and pension funds have typically felt that um, it's very tough to collect rental and it's an asset class to stay away from. We we cater towards the middle-income South Africans, they're young professionals working at banks, they're doctors, they're lawyers. They, they just want to pay their rent and live in a safe, secure environment. And before COVID, during COVID, post-COVID, our rentals were paid, our bad debts were less than half a percent. That wow. our, uh, our occupancies are more than 97%, whereas if you take the typical Gauteng, um residential vacancy rate, it's probably about closer to 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found all our competitors are at similar levels to us because the, the product offering that we can provide our tenants is so much better than a typical sectional title apartment owner can offer their tenants. And and you you so you're not you're not converting and selling you you then retain and, and own the buildings. How many how many have you got? How many apartments have you have you got around Johannesburg at this point? So we've got about three thousand six hundred apartments wow. that we've developed and we yeah. own and manage. And we've got uh, we'll in the next two years we'll own over six thousand apartments. Wow! How many apartments per building? Well, I mean, it's obviously how long is a piece of string, but I mean, I imagine it must be numbering in in, in the hundreds. Yeah, so economies of scale is very important to us. We we provide on-site management teams and maintenance teams and resort-style swimming pools and gyms. Mm. So we needed a big building. So our smallest building is probably 250, and we've got two buildings of 700 each. So the bigger, the better for us. And are you are you just in Gauteng? You haven't uh, ventured down to Western Cape, uh, 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 KwaZulu-Natal and the like? We're just in Gauteng for now. Um, we're starting to look a bit in the Western Cape, but um, the opportunities in Gauteng are massive. And, and you made the point a moment ago in, 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 in terms of, of, of the, the multifamily, in terms of you getting much better rates. We don't see much in the listed space. There is a bit of residential. Is there a lot of activity happening, such as yourselves, in, in, in the unlisted? Yes, they're not a fortune of companies because the barriers to entry are quite high. Yeah. Remember, you need to buy the building up front. You need to pay for the full renovation costs. Um, all of this before you know that it's <laughs> going to be successful. Whereas a typical sectional title developer can sell off plan and then 
you know, often they have an option of the, on the lands and they'll only exercise it once all the units are sold and they've secured their bonds. Um, so there aren't many companies doing it, but um, there, there is a bit of competition. I take your point. It, 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 it's a long lead time before you get that first rental income coming through. What, what is that lead time? From when, you, when you find the building and you sign a, a deal to, to, to purchase it, how long before you get your first tenants in, typically? It depends if it needs to be rezoned or not, which mm-hmm. can take um, nine months to 18 months, sure. depending. Um, assuming it's zoned and we can start construction, we can have our first tenants within nine months wow. um, using a staggered approach. So the whole building may not be complete, but mm-hmm. certain wings will be. Okay, nine months. That, 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 is, that is super quick. We'll leave it there. Greg Blend, Director, AfriQuest Properties, talking around uh, conversions, office to residential. Appreciate the early morning. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favour and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanlib Kanyisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with uh, Dylan Governor. He's head of supply chain at Invest Tech for Business. Dylan, appreciate the early morning time once again. Changes coming uh, in terms of, of importers, uh, essentially advanced payment notification. If I understand this correct, you've basically got to be sort of um, making the payments and getting it all ready ahead of your imports landing uh, in the country. Is that correct? Yes, good morning, Amin, and thank you for having me. Um, Simon, the APM advanced payment notification, you know, it's a process that's implemented by SARS to work for traders to combat illicit funds. It's effective 1st of December 2023, and, and you're right, you need to process on SARS e-filing. You have to apply for an APN number for any payment that's going to a supplier that's related to goods that have not, not entered the country as yet. You know, um, you have to obtain this APN number, or, or essentially mm-hmm. banks are unable to release those, those funds to the supplier. Now, this is a two-step process. I mean, the first step is to obtain that APN. And you can imagine if there's any delays, uh, Simon, uh, in the rate of exchange and the creation there, you can imagine the impact of any delayed payments that that could have on an importer. Yeah, I mean, that was going to be exactly my point. I mean, I I get what they're trying to do, combat illicit financial flows. I I appreciate this is probably linked to our our grey listing. But how quickly can an an importer get that APN? Because, I mean, you know, as you say, I I mean, the cliche, time is money. Yeah, definitely. I mean, time is money, you know, and and any delays is going to cost the importer. I mean, this places a huge administrative burden on, on importers. Uh, it is definitely a step in the right direction in terms of uh, combat, combating the illicit flow of funds, mm-hmm. um, also to strengthen the, the grey listing. Um, but I mean, ultimately, at a time of clearance as well, you, you have to apply for, you have to apply that APN on, on your clearance declaration. So SARS is able to acquit what's left the country versus what's coming into the country in terms of goods. You know, with, with the delays that we have in global supply chain, the administrative burden that's put on importers now to correspond that data. Firstly, apply for the APN with it. Pretty much a quick process, Simon, on e-filing, mm-hmm. provided the provided the SARS systems are working and, and there's no delays there, um, you know. And and then the, the delays in global supply chain could take you about 30 to 120 days to to get the goods into the country. So importers now have to to place in an administrative process to actually coordinate those, that data and ensure they're declaring correctly. Alternatively, it's just going to lead to more audits and more admin. 
uh, for, for our clients. I hadn't actually thought of that, of course. I mean, you know, global supply chains, uh, they're, they're returning to normal. We've chatted around that with uh, you and some of your, 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 your colleagues. But, but, but just generally, I mean, global supply chains, even pre-pandemic, are not, are, you know, sometimes, sometimes dates move and shift. And th- this just brings more complexity to that process. More, more of a burden, you know, and yeah. at, at, that, that, that's what we, we, we're trying to assist our clients with, you know. I mean, we're working on a number of initiatives to, to try and ease the effects on our clients. Uh, remember, Investec is the only bank with the in-house logistics and, and customs clearing expertise. Um, and, and one of our bespoke solutions is where we affect the payment to the supplier and also we arrange the clearing of goods. So we're able to coordinate that detail okay. for our clients and, and we remove the burden from them and then let them concentrate on the core of their business rather. Yeah, yeah, 100%. This applies to, uh, let me get the official here, uh, balance of payment category code 101. I went digging and I found on your website, I mean, this seems to be almost everything. It's capital goods, it's commodities, heck, it's even stuff via the post office. I don't know who's sending 50,000 rand goods through the post office, but it, it, it does seem to be a, a, a large chunk of what is probably uh, uh, coming in. Yeah, I mean, personally, I would say it is, uh, Simon. I mean, it, it relates to advanced payments. So advanced payments in terms of any payment to a supplier where the goods have not entered the country as yet. And remember, suppliers are asking for down payments given the, the global pandemic and, and supply chain difficulties. You know, everybody's looking for that funding to, to keep production going. So I would say it relates to the majority of the payments that's leaving the country. Ah, I got you in, in that regard. I, I, I also saw a point, it excludes the common monetary area, which is Eswatini, Lesotho, Namibia. I suppose that's important, but I mean, that, that, that is going to be very small. I mean, that, that is a fraction of our, of our global trade with, 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 with the rest of the world. Correct, Simon. I mean, that's very minimal. Very, very minimal. Yeah. Uh, effective date, you said uh, 1 December. Obviously, you're ready. Is, is government ready for this? Um, Simon, I mean, we've been in various discussions in and there's been a lot of coordination. You know, I mean, it is a step in the right direction, mm-hmm. and and we're fully behind this. I mean, so far it seems like um, it, it, it seems like everything is, is flowing smoothly. Uh, the, the, this was actually in, on the first of December, 2021. Yeah, you know, where invoices had to be compliant in terms of applying for this APN number. It's only now that it's being put onto the authorized dealer for the banks to say you cannot release any funds if you don't have this APN. So it's like completion of the cycle at this stage. So the systems have been geared up. Over the years and I mean we're confident it will should yeah and I take the point it's kind of closing that loop we'll, we'll leave it there and, 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 and perhaps most importantly it's helping us get off that grey list that's the big deal Dylan Governor Head of Supply Chain and Investec for Business appreciate the early morning That's it for today. We were chatting with Gary Boyson yesterday. He, of course, from Rand Swiss. We're talking the Discam results and comparing it to Clicks. Uh, make no mistake, Clicks was the better set of numbers, but both of these stocks are expensive. Uh, I mean, Clicks more so than Discam, but they're both just our, you know, forward PEs of over 20. We spoke around, for example, CVS in, in the US, which is you know, on a forward PE of 10. But Discam, clicks, we asked your preferred. A third of you said, ah, thanks, but neither for you. The rest was fairly evenly split. Clicks just edging out Discam. Some of you saying actually a bit of both would be good. Uh, and generally, you were saying, yeah, it's there, but it is expensive. These stocks are chronically expensive. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and X. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.
We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobuchle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again. Tomorrow is tactical investing a waste. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.